All right, dude. What's up? What's up, my man? How's it going? All right, how are you? <laughs> Doing well. Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Um, today, I have a special guest, Now Lundgren. You already know, um, real estate expert extraordinaire and entrepreneur. He's been in the game for 11 years. Um, doing real estate has made over 75 million dollars with real estate transactions. Um, you name it. This guy is the go-to person to learn about relationship building, uh, selling, entrepreneurship, business, whatever. This is like the guru right here, the master. <laughs> um, That's, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. All right. Um, so this is, today is going to be more about, this podcast is pretty much going to be about entrepreneurship, personal development, and sure. investing. These are the three topics. Um, you definitely excel, I would say, 100% entrepreneurship space, personal development. Maybe we could touch on investing if sure. you want to. Um, yeah, and I want this to be free flowing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. Um, so, what's changed? Let's start off with your, your story, your background. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good one. Um, you know, my, my background is I'm from uh, Connecticut. So, I was uh, born and raised there. Went to public high school. I played uh, football there. And um, my senior year in public high school, my football coach said, you should consider going to a prep school. Um, I said, what's a prep school? He directed me to a place called Kent School in uh, Kent, Connecticut, where I did a postgraduate year there. And at Kent, I was able to uh, grow a little bit. I was a little uh, smaller for my age in terms of like physical maturity. So I was able to grow not only physically, but mentally there. And um, that was a great opportunity for me to, to learn a lot, to meet a lot of people, to get better at football. And then it was a launch pad for me to go to Trinity College, which is where I played football there and got two degrees, one in Hispanic studies, the other in English creative writing with a concentration in poetry. Um, from there, as soon as I graduated from Trinity, I knew I wanted to come to New York City. I graduated and I immediately, like the next day, uh, went to Brooklyn, which is where my friend had just bought a, a two-family house in Bed-Stuy. Oh and I lived with him in the basement on an air mattress saying, Mom, I'm going to go to New York. I'll figure it out. I'll probably end up on TV, but don't worry about it. Everything's okay. Naturally, that gave my mom a heart attack. Um, but I did it, and within a couple weeks uh, of me being there, I was playing video games in the basement. I was playing Mario Kart. And the gentleman that sold my friend the house in Bed-Stuy, he was a massive landlord in Brooklyn. And he said, what are you doing, you know, hanging out in the basement? I said, no, I'm not really sure. I'm just playing video games right now. He said, do you want to work in real estate? And I said, absolutely. He said, great, you start tomorrow at 8 a.m. And the next day, I uh, literally just stumbled into real estate. And the next day, I was uh, in a basement in uh, Bushwick looking at a whiteboard with a couple apartment addresses. And my job was to go to those listings with the keys, take pictures of them, put them on Craigslist, which was the avenue at the time where you generated leads, and then solicit people to, to come and take a look and set up appointments. The first appointment I ever did, I did a deal in. So I thought, maybe I have a knack for this. And uh, I stuck with it. And now it's been 11 years. Interesting. So you just, you just pretty much stumbled upon it. Or it, was, it came to you. I think I think it might have just been like came to me. It's, it's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And you spoke about how you went to college, you got two degrees. How do you think that? Because I know there's a lot of uh, 
differing opinions today about college and how important college is in being competitive in the economy. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. So I think Gary Vaynerchuk is one of the, the big guys who's making a, a push you know, away from traditional colleges. He's saying that you know, the second major financial collapse is going to be the um, college debt and the tuition that these, these students are, are undertaking. I personally under, undertook a lot of, of my personal student loan debt and I'm still paying it down myself. Mm. Um, but to be honest, if I'm going to go back and look at my experience in college, I would say it was extremely fruitful. Do I remember anything uh, that I learned from like a, an English literature or a Hispanic study literature uh, class? I know very little. <laughs> but what I do know is that I learned A, how to manage my time, and B, how to meet and interact with people and build a professional and personal network. So um, what I did at Trinity was build a lot of friends and a lot of contacts. So then when I moved to New York and I ended up working in real estate, the first building I ever sold was in 2008. And I sold that building to a football player that I played with and his father. So it was just me using the relationship that I had built to actually um, engage them on a professional level and it worked out pretty well. So for you individually, it was more the social, building that social capital, building those soft skills. Okay, I mean, it's fair. I think, I think the way I look at it is that everyone's journey is just unique. Absolutely. And it really depends on what it is you're going to be doing. And But does it depend on what you're going to be doing? Because I didn't know what I was doing, right? But what I knew is that I was building deep relationships with good friends. And inevitably, I chose real estate or real estate chose me. And then I just use those leverage, those relationships back towards, you know, the, the new job or skill set that I was developing, which was real estate, and it yeah. ended up doing very well for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to turn this whole thing about college, but... Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> but um, I, I do, I, an opinion I do have besides that is that I do think that it is very important, college, especially for those students who may not have such an abundance of other opportunities available Absolutely. to them. Absolutely. And who will have no direction of what they want to really be doing. Sure. So college is a way better option than like not doing anything, in my Absolutely. opinion. And then there's CUNY yeah. and things like that, which I work for CUNY, so I'm biased. But, yeah, yeah, no problem. I, I think college is great. I'm, I'm not one who's against it. I'm actually all about getting more degrees. And I'll be trying to, halfway through my master's at NYU in real estate development, I had to take a pause for a little bit because business got crazy. But it's certainly a goal of mine to continue and to get my degree um, at NYU. Okay, and so speaking about college and being that this is a lot more about entrepreneurship, what are your thoughts on how college applies to people who are on the path of entrepreneurship and wanting to be an entrepreneur, a business owner, and successful in that capacity? Well, I think and college is a great place where you can learn from other people and ideate um, ideas and information pretty quickly. So if you and I are in a classroom, you know, we're going to be able to learn and move faster in a collaborative manner than if I was just sitting at home in isolation. That's when you know, self-doubt comes into play. You know, if you and I are sitting here working together, you know, I'm pushing you, you're pushing me, I'm feeling a little you know, tired and dragging and you're saying, no, 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 we're gonna get after it. So I think there's a real value to having that human interaction, that connection. So speaking about that, what do, you, do you think that it's very important for somebody to have a business partner and, wanted to, and if they're on that path and wanting to start a business? It really depends. It really comes down to what your idea is. Do you, 
you know, what are your skill sets? Do you need a partner? Can you hire someone to do that? Um, you know, is there funding involved? There's a lot of steps if you're starting a business that would you need to ask yourself, do I need a partner or not? Um, some cases you do, for sure. In some cases you don't, and you could just, if you have the wherewithal or some extra capital or you were able to raise some money, you know, perhaps you could just hire that skill set. Maybe I'm not good at the finances. Great, I'll hire somebody who's, who does the, you know, does the CPA work, you know, in-house on a, you know, temporary basis. You don't have to have a 50-50 partner who's good at finances. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. What about somebody that just you know, bounce ideas off of you? Well, it just really depends on the I think it really depends, but you know, 100% you should have groups or people or um, uh, a network of people where you can build ideas off of. Another great thing is just the internet. You know, you could, you could have an idea and put it on Instagram and see what people say. So people are going to tell you if they hate it or if they like it pretty quick. So that's another good way of doing it. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, back to you. Uh, what are your... We spoke about your background some of your successes, what are your, some of your future ambitions? And then what's your, what's your why? Like, I know that's a big, you know. Yeah, no, what's your why? What's totally, totally. Well, a, lot of, a lot of what I do is predicated on the fact that I want to inspire people. I want to help people be the best versions that they could possibly be. Um, whether that's through, you know, my teaching career, whether that's through, you know, hiring and managing and running a team here at Compass, um, or just producing content that goes on the internet, whether it's my vlog, which I recently started, and I appreciate you, Joel, for sitting me down at that Indian restaurant and telling me, "Hey, you need to do some, more, <laughs> you need to do some more video." And he was right, you know. So um, for me, uh, inspiring people is something that I really want to do, and I want to I want to touch people because I know a lot of people might not have that direction, and I think that with um, some help and you know maybe me being an inspiration among other people who are out there as, as authorities and figures can do that um, besides that my goal is to be one of the best real estate brokers in New York City um, that's a that's a tangible goal that I have um, besides that um, you know I, I do want to expand my my entrepreneurial capacities I want to flush out a business that I'm currently running um, and make that into a, a profitable business it's an e-commerce play um, from there, I'd like to start getting into my own real estate investing, um, buying on buying multifamilies. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be in New York City, but that's something that is certainly on my horizon. Um, scaling my current business, and then um, I would like to, you know, a, a visionary goal is to um, end up on TV or, or doing um, more broadcasting so that I can get my message out there and, and help and inspire others. Yeah, I can totally see you doing that. Uh, you definitely got the personality. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. So just for everyone watching out there, so we actually met at Brew College, right? So I was taking a continuing education course. Uh, Nayu was actually the professor. <laughs> oh. I'm the professor. <laughs> Scoot over a little this way. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So, and, you know, I was learning, like, that was the one class I've, I've, I learned so much in that one class. Like I, I, I got so much value out of it. I was like, this is just, this just isn't normal, right? This just isn't normal. I felt like now he wasn't normal, a normal professor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think if if even half professors out there are like Nayu and the approach, the real, you know, you know, honest. I'm yeah, just real, telling it to you honest. Thorough, um, from experience. Yeah. Bringing in other people from your network to come in. Um, to speak to the class and 
it's it was it was very valuable. So that's kind of how we met. That was it was one of the great joys of my of my life was uh, was teaching. That was my first class as an adjunct professor where I met you when you were the, one of the students. Um, it's really funny. I recently. In my second semester, which I taught um, CRM, which is Customer Relationship Management, that's what I teach as an adjunct professor at Baruch. In my second semester there, one of the I asked, I asked the students, I said, how long do you think I've been a professor? Um, and one of the students had a great response. She said, I believe this is your one of your first classes. I said, how did you know? She said, you're trying way too hard to go <laughs> above and beyond what any other professor would do. He's like, our professors just lull us to sleep. And like, you're coming up here and you're pitching it hard for two and a half hours the entire time. And I'm like, thank you for the compliment. And I really appreciate that. Which is, is really good to, to hear. It's good to hear. Yeah, that's true. Oh, you need that energy. Like, yeah, yeah. You came from school. Like, yeah. what, are you, you know, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. So, um, <clears throat> let's kind of shift gears here. Um, rituals, morning routines, uh, night routines do you have any what are your thoughts on all that yeah i mean um i would like to say that i'm uh I, i'm doing a good job uh but you know you could always be doing better right so you know i probably sound one of my biggest cr critics and I'm, I'm pretty critical of myself in terms of um, morning routines one thing i've done recently is i abstain from eating in the morning i don't eat before uh, 12 a.m or 12 p.m right noon um i used to have a pretty tough habit of uh, eating everything I saw. So I, I would say I had a bad eating, um, I don't know if it's a disorder, but I had a bad relationship with food. Um, I would just eat everything in sight, including first thing in the morning. And what I found was that it would drain my energy. So by noon, I would be like moping around and then my natural reaction would be, oh, I need a pick-me-up. So I'd have coffee, I would have uh, candy or any of these other snacks that Compass so gracefully um, gives to all of the agents. So for me, my big thing um, in terms of morning routines is not eating. And that's been a very hard challenge for me. I've been doing it for probably, I'd say, three or four months now. Recently, I just did a juice cleanse for uh, five days. Um, and it's really revolutionized my eating habits. So um, one of the things that I'm really focused on is my eating habits. So nothing before noon and then eating smaller portions and actually chewing my food, being a little bit more specific about it. I use an app called MyFitnessPal and I log all the food that I'm eating so I'm very aware of how many calories I'm intaking. So that's been um, very helpful because it's brought my energy level up. So if you're looking for like little hacks or maybe something that what is Niall doing that is allowing him to kind of be... Um, you know, producing content or um, interfacing with clients or, or getting the message out there. My main thing has been just changing the way that I, I, I look at food. Um, so I don't do anything too specific in the morning. I generally take a shower, um, get, my, get my suit on. I do that the night before. I have my suit ready to go. Um, and I walk out the door, you know, like anybody else, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. Um, but I don't have any food. If I do have anything, it'll, it'll, first thing I do is I always drink water. I don't just drink a cup of coffee, but if I do have anything outside of the, the house before noon, I will have maybe like a cup of coffee, which will hold me over. And then by noon, I'm feeling hungry. I have, you know, half probably the portion that I usually have. Um, and then it gives me energy to, to, to propel through the rest of the day. I generally work out at night um, after work. So around 6, 30, 7, come home around 9, maybe have some lean protein by then and uh, watch some Netflix and chill. 
maybe do some work. I mean, look, there's plenty of nights I'm, I'm working, but you know, Netflix is something I always hope for, you know, it's, but um, I do like working. You know, I find myself, I started my, my vlog recently, so I find myself um, editing the vlog or what happened that day to kind of just trim down the clip so that when the final uh, video is, is due, I'm, I'm further along in the process, but yeah. I mean, or another, one other thing is books. I, I do read a lot of books. Okay. Audio books though? What about audio books? Audio books. That's a great question. I don't listen to audiobooks, but I do listen to podcasts. I've substituted, um, I, I used to listen to a lot of music on Spotify. I canceled my Spotify. I only listen to iTunes right now. Um, I listen to Ed Milet, who's one of my favorite podcasts like of all time. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, he's great, uh, has a lot of great messages. Although I like to take him in doses, sometimes you know he, he's just spitting so hard, and I love it. To be honest, but I listen to them every day for like six months, and now I'm like, all right, just pause a little bit. <laughs> um, so I mean, anybody listen to that much, I think it could be rough. Um, and then uh, Grant Cardone is another really good one that I listen to, um, and you know Tony Robbins, a couple others. But um, I've really been focusing on if I'm listening to something in my ears, it's it's not necessarily music; it's more uh, personal development. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same with me. I've, I mean, maybe when I'm driving. I listen to music sometimes just yeah. to switch it up. Yeah, it's a good. It's like it's a good just, just like personal development all day, every day. Yeah, it's like you gotta, it's a lot. It's a lot. It, it, it becomes a lot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I know you have certain thoughts and views about alcohol consumption. I do. Where Where are those? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, you know, you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Anybody can. My personal experience is I stopped drinking about six and a half years ago. I started a company and at that time I was, uh, you know, saying, look, I became a president of a company by the age of 28. I have one chance to make it. I'm going to stop doing this because A, it's not effective. Um, it costs a lot of money. It, uh, you wake up and you don't feel good. Um, you make poor decisions. So I cut it out of my life altogether. Um, I don't drink. I feel amazing. I wake up hyper, ready to go. Um, and it's been a remarkable, remarkable experience. A lot of people say, oh, you can't live life without drinking. Well, I have to go to this, this wedding or I have to do that. The easy thing is just if you don't drink, you just don't drink. And it saves you money. It saves you time. It saves you, oh, man, what did I do last night? Who did I text? All that completely eliminated. So I just took that um, risk card completely off the table. And it's been um, tremendous for me. A lot of people give me a lot of respect. Some people still say, oh, you're, you're new, can't drink. I can, I can drink, but I choose not to, very specifically and deliberately, because I know where I want to go, and I'm going to get there. Yeah, some people, I think, uh, <clears throat> drink just to try to have fun. Right? Yeah. It seems like you're on fun mode, like, yeah. nonstop, like, yeah. high energy, let's go, let's go, yeah. right? Yeah. What, and, I, and so maybe this is even transitioning into... Uh, Building relationships, being mm -hmm. social. Mm -hmm. what, what, would, what would you say to maybe the average person who doesn't really have those social skills fine-tuned? You know, maybe uh, somebody in college or like fresh out of college, you know, around you know 20s, who may struggle with like approaching people, you know, things like that. And, and they're like interested in business or maybe you're even looking for a job, you know, and they're in, in certain social situations. What, what are your thoughts on... How can somebody become more social? Mm. Yeah. I would say that when you were a little kid, 
Did you look up to your parents and say, well, they know what's going on. You thought they knew what's going on. And then you became the age of your parents. And then you are sitting there at the age of 30, maybe, in the age that you, you know your parents were when you were idolizing them. And you're sitting there now and you're like still confused. Like, wait, where, how is, what is this life thing? What, what path are we on, right? And I'm sure you're kind of feel, feeling that now because you're a father, mm-hmm. right? So do you, did you have that moment where you thought your, your parents knew everything and then you became that age and then you realized that you don't even know? Well, I feel like I had that realization way early on. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you had that realization. Yeah, so you think that's a realization that most people don't have early on? The reason why I bring it up is because we're talking about how to be more social. Okay. The fact of the matter is, is that nobody really knows what's going on. Okay. So if you know that, you know that your parents don't know, you know that the president doesn't know, you know the CEO of your company is doing the best that he possibly can, but doesn't really know because... Nobody really knows. It's impossible. So as long as you act like you know, just kind of flip the switch. Nobody else really knows, so just act as if. So getting out of your comfort zone means believing in yourself. Mm. And I believe in myself. Mm. And I know that that person might know, but I know that they might not know. And that puts me in a place where I could be more comfortable just saying whatever I feel from a personal standpoint and then if they don't like it, that's their problem. But at least I'm putting myself out there. I know that was kind of like a little, it might have been a little complicated, but the fact of the matter is, is that you should be confident knowing that other people don't know. And if you do know, then just go for it. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if someone shoots you down. Uh, what's the worst that's going to happen? Joel, if you approach me and I say, fuck off. Rejection. What's the worst that's going to happen? Am I going to go to Times Square, take out a $300,000 ad that says Joel Cabrera asked me what's up and I said, <laughs> no, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Is, is Oprah going to come out and be like, you were just we trying to get, who cares? <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is that my mom was a nutcase when I was growing up. So I'm not easily like, when I say nutcase, I mean like she would talk to people, we'd be in social situations and she'd just be you know, a little haphazard and all over the place. And it kind of made me feel uncomfortable when I was young. But now I understand, you know, she was just basically doing whatever she she thought was right in the moment, but it allowed me to just be who I was. And fun mode is always on for me because if I can have anything in the world that's not a house, it's fun. If I could have anything in the world, what would I have? It would be fun. So I have fun with it. You have fun with every situation. There's really nothing to be afraid of. The worst that anyone can say to you is no, or they can walk away. They're not going to ban you from being their friend on Facebook. And if they do, who cares anyway? There's 7 billion people in the world. So it doesn't really matter. And by the way, if someone doesn't like me because of how I act or something like that, then even better because there's 7 billion people out here and I don't even want to talk to you either, bro. So kick rocks. Straight up. Straight up. Crazy, right? I mean, that's what I would say. Just go for it. I mean, I, I went after some of the biggest people that you could ever imagine. If I told you this guy's name, and he's a big name, one of the top hedge fund managers in the world. And I met him in an elevator, I bought him a dog bed, I then visualized that I was going to meet him at a charity event, and when I walked into the charity event, he was right in front of me, and I grabbed him by the arm, and said, what's up? <laughs> he was like, 
uh, who are you? I was like, I met you three weeks ago in your elevator. You remember me. He's like, I do. I was like, great. And I'm here to talk to you about real estate. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I could have easily shied away from that moment. I didn't do it. I took the bull by the horns and I just leapt with action. I also visualized it. So it made it a little bit easier. As I was walking there, I was like, I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him. And I walked through this curtain and he was right there. And it was like mind blowing to me. So I love the idea of visualization um, and then just actually just going for it. Whatever it is that you want. Literally, if you ask, I, I know a CEO of a company who did a very big deal, hundreds of millions of dollars. He was trying to call another CEO of a company in order to create a merger. The merger didn't happen from these phone calls. He ended up going to the CEO's office, this one CEO went to the other CEO's office, sat and waited for two hours. And then the guy came out and he's like, I need two minutes of your time. And then he did a hundred million dollar deal. Mm. He went after it. You can't just always, you know, this is what, like, for example, some of the agents that, that work on my team, oh, he didn't answer my text, call him from your phone. Oh, he didn't answer your phone, call him from another person's phone. Oh, he didn't answer that, great, text him again, hit him on Instagram, Google+, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, email. Like, what do you think, you're going to get away from me? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Hello? You can't. So take my call and let's keep moving. That's the mentality I have. I'm straight up about it. <laughs> okay. All right. So, you know, that was a lot. You know, that was a lot. Take it in all, all That was a lot. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm just spitting too much for you. But, all right. I think I saw my perspective on everything you just said. I think, I think that you're like, you're at a whole other level right now. You're like up here. Let's say for the... Average. I'll give you an example. I, I don't want to say that I'm right here. Oh, I, well, I, well, let's just start there. Okay. The way that I navigated my real estate career was that I was 24 years old. I did the biggest deal that my company that I was working at at the time had ever done. And I was the youngest person in that company. So my next step as an aggressive person saying, I got one shot to live in New York City and I'm not going to mess it up. I made a list. I know I will never forget. A, a, one of those yellow legal pads. I made a list of every person and phone number that I knew that was potentially in real estate. And I called them and I called them and I called them like a dumb idiot who just didn't say no for an answer, take no for an answer. And that's how I spoke, got in touch with one mega real estate developer who basically said, you're an animal. You need to speak to my real estate guy. And I spoke to him and his name is Paul Tyatt. He's one of my best friends and mentors today. I didn't have any guidance. I was nobody. And I was just calling because I thought that was the only thing, proactive action. And I was just making thought and they were like, dude, you got to stop calling me. I'm like, dude, then put me in touch with somebody. That's it. And he's like, fine, talk to this guy. I went in an interview with him. I quit my job within two weeks. I made it happen. There's no, I don't, the I, obstacle, what? What? Oh, the guy's not answering? Show up at his front door. I know I'm on, I, 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 hear, I hear where you're coming from, but I, I, where I'm at this different level, but the, the principles are the same. If you want it, you got to be clear on what you want first, right? You have to know what you want. And if you don't know, then you should probably do some soul searching. Write it down on a paper, jot, whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter, but do that. Once you're clear on it, attack. I'm, I'm all about attack. I read this book called Rumsfeld Rules. Rumsfeld's Rules. Donald Rumsfeld wrote it. And one of the big things that he talked about in the, uh, in the book was uh, being proactive versus reactive. Proactive is just going after it. 
right? Reactive is waiting for stuff to happen and then like taking it as it comes. I played defense in college. I played inside linebacker. I stopped people. But for now, I had to make a very uh, proactive switch from being on defense my whole life and then stopping people to being on offense where I'm the one pushing the ball forward and, and being proactive about it. And a lot of that, I'm going to be honest, does stem from a real estate career where I am 100% commission-based. I'll say that again. I am 100% commission-based. I have never, I mean, maybe once or twice I've had a salary, but I don't, I, I go make my money. You know, I spend a lot of money, but I make a lot of money because I know how to make money. And that's a skill that I learned by being in real estate. You have to be super proactive, constantly keep all these different balls moving. So for anybody who's new and starting out, I would say just be pro. Find out what you want to do. And if you're unclear, then try a couple different things. I would also find a mentor who can help you. Mentorship is very important. I did. I found a mentor and in, through that cold calling, and, it, and it's worked off, worked out tremendously. I spoke to him today, and he's a great friend and great mentor. So. It's all about being proactive and knowing what you want, being proactive, following the steps. And once people tell you no, that's great. Because the more people that tell me no, the better. I want people to tell me no. Because I know that it takes at least 12 no's to get to a yes. So if I got told no once, great. Only 11 more. Twice, fantastic. 10 more. Da, 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 da. Getting closer and closer and closer. And I have no, I have no hard feelings about it. I write people letters. We're going to talk about this maybe offline, but remember that? There's one that kept sending letters and all this stuff, and it was a really big list. They reached back out to me. <laughs> I probably, I, I reached out to these people eight over 18 months, 30 plus times, writing them handwritten notes that say, totally cool, I'll be your third broker. You just keep hiring other brokers who don't really do anything or add value. Totally get it. I totally, <laughs> I totally get it. Um, it's all love. Don't worry about it. When you're ready, you know who to call. <laughs> and they called me. Un unbelievable. And then I went to their property. I looked at it as they instructed. And then I was going to go do a meeting. And they went silent for two, two weeks. And then a third week happened. So I went back to an original email. And I found the guy's cell phone number. And I called him. After seven, eight emails. Cold, nothing. He's like, hey, come to my place. I went to his place, looked at it. He wasn't there. And I'm just still going. I don't take it personally. If you're sitting there and you're taking things personally, someone tells you no, someone's like, oh, I can't make that meeting, and you're like worried about it, like what it means for you, it's not, it's not you. It's not you. It's them. If they're, having, they're acting like an asshole, it's because they're having a bad day. It's okay. You know, but you got to attack. You can't not attack. <clears throat> so attack is the name of the game. Through that. <laughs> Offense, not defense. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you spoke about, you shared about the story about this guy in the elevator. Mm -hmm. um, billionaire guy. Uh, yeah. Hedge fund. What has been your experience like dealing with like the ultra wealthy? How to, how to, what what is it like you know hanging out with ultra wealthy billionaire people? Um, how do you first engage and build rapport? Uh, what's that like? What's that world like? Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a great world to be in. Um, you know what I would say is, if you are interested in penetrating that that world, 
you got to be committed. You know, you got to be committed. And the first thing that you have to be committed to is personal integrity. Mm. Personal integrity. If you do something, if you say you're going to do something, you must do it. If I say I'll meet you there at six, you don't show up at six oh five. That's just the first thing. So you do what you say you're going to do because if you have that personal integrity and you go to somebody and you say I'm going to do this, then you follow through with it, then they believe you. But I, I am somebody who never wants to break trust. Trust is one of the most important things in life. And as a real estate broker, I have to have people who are making their biggest purchase of their entire life trust me. So I am on it. I make phone calls at the time that it's set or even before. Um, I show up. I am honest. I never lie. I am very straightforward. Um, and I am very caring. I try and you know lead from a place of an empathetic, empathetic place to understand the situation that they might be in. I can tell you one of the beautiful things about dealing with people at that level, and I, and I have a, a number of clients um, that I've done business with at that level, is that everything is very calm. No one's running around, doing crazy things. It's very calm. Those jets and helicopters and... <laughs> jets and helicopters are also pretty awesome. Uh, and things can be crazy on those, but it's also very calm. You don't see anybody yelling at each other. You don't see people um, raising their voice. It's just a very easygoing way of being. And I really appreciate that. And I appreciate the, the people and folks that I've met along the way that are at that level. I admire them. I try and emulate them. I try and follow them. Um, they are my mentors, whether they like to believe it or not. And it's all about just who you align yourself with. You know, I made a very conscious decision when I was 28 when I stopped drinking to not hang out with people who went to bars. That's just not in my cards. I'm not going to a bar to hang out with somebody. I just don't think that's appropriate for me. I know where I want to go and I want to go to the top. So I don't think people at bars are necessarily going to bring me there. Maybe I go to different places, lounges, the Four Seasons, yada, yada, yada. List goes on, but the idea is is that you got to make it to that level, and to make it to that level, you have to have a degree of personal integrity. It's the most important thing. <clears throat> Interesting perspective. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing with the audience. Uh, it's important. Um, <clears throat> I remember you telling me about a concept about I forgot the I forgot the way you termed it, but it was pretty much. Having a place that you go to every week to um, invite people to, that you're going to be there every week. Uh, what did you refer that to that as to? Uh, well, there's, there, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an organization. You have to belong to an organization. I mean, that's, I don't know if that might be it, but I belong to a number of different organizations. So just going back to the, if you're a young person starting out, what can you potentially do? Yeah, you can make a list of everyone you know and call them and demand that they put you in contact with people. It's a little aggressive, that's what I did. Yeah. Um, but I also joined a lot of organizations. I joined the Williams Club because I went to Trinity, it's a NESCAC school, so I was able to join the Williams Club, which was housed at the Princeton Club. So, Nes so I, because of that, I was a member of the Williams Club, which was housed at the Princeton Club. So basically I was hosting meetings at the Princeton Club. Right? So I, I made myself you know, a member of it, these organizations. I sat on the junior committees. I was the liaison. I was taking notes at the Princeton Club meetings. I did all these different things to kind of stay, stay involved. Another thing I did is I joined a um, mastermind group. I did that for about four years with a 
great set of folks, and I actually got an email from one of my friends, Ray, recently, and he said, hey, you stop being a stranger, we need to get together. Um, and he's a very big-time guy, serial entrepreneur, sort of a lot of companies, and he's emailing me. But that's based on the relationship that we built over the course of four years. Um, I've done a number of other things, charitable um, you know, situations where, you know, for example, Save a Child's Heart I was involved in, I was on the board there. Um, great organization, and I love it, but it also brought me in touch with a lot of people within the community. Um, another thing is, actually, I met Chris Shemra through Save a Child's Heart, and Chris Shemra is the founder of the 747 Club, which is um, a community-building uh, platform that is uh, hosted in the form of 16-person uh, dinner parties. He does them more for um, uh, corporations at this point, but I was there when he first started the organization. Um, basically, we did about 45 dinners over the course of 45 weeks, roughly, and um, I went to almost every single one of them once, maybe twice a week. Uh, because of that, I met thousands of people, um, and I had a lot of joy by, by doing that. And Chris Chambers has gone on his own path and has done so, so incredible, and I'm very, very proud of him. But you know what he's done is he's made it a fixture to invite people to his home where they come in and they share an experience through dinner and they leave a better person. And uh, having that ritual once a week, once a month, whatever it may be, but as long as you're a part of an organization or you're a part of something where people see your face over and over and over again, it's that familiarity where, uh, with you and of your face that allows them to start saying, hey, can I help you out in any way? You know, I saw you in the last, you know, say what, nine days twice. You know, that's, that's better than most. So I have a more familiar face for you, but you're making the effort to do that, right? Like. You have to make effort too. Time is really valuable and you have to use it wisely. So if you can use that time and spend it in the right areas, you, you'll do well. I think you're doing a great job, Joel. <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So I would say, just to put it in maybe in some of my own words. Sure. Identify what it is you want to do. Um, identify certain social networks and circles that are doing similar things of what you want to do. Exactly. And get involved in those things. Yep. And build those networks and relationships. Yep. That's it. By the way, everybody, I want to take a moment and say every day I'm hustling. This is a sponsored uh, part of the podcast by, uh, by Joel. He gave me this, this mug earlier. It says every day I'm hustling. I freaking love it. And I'm going to wear, carry it around the office uh, and let everyone know what I'm doing every day, which is hustling. <laughs> Um, okay, speaking on hustling, um, and, and you're obviously in the real estate business, um, first impressions. How important are first impressions? Uh, what can a person do to sharpen up that first impression? Um, and just the whole notion of self-presentation. Let me tell you this. I'll give you a great story. When I was, uh, it was about five years ago, I was a, you know, midway through my decade-long experience as a real estate agent. It was a Memorial Day weekend. Nobody was really in New York City. I decided to get a massage, which is a block away from my apartment. I left my apartment. I said, oh no, I don't have any cash, so let me go to the ATM. So instead of walking directly to, the, uh, to, get, to get the massage, I had to go down to Canal Street, pick up a Chase Bank, pick up some money, and then go. When I was in that Chase Bank, by the way, my hair was like this. I was wearing crazy sandals, a ripped shirt, paint on my pants. I look like a bum. And I'm getting money out of the out of the uh, out of the ATM and a really, really big real estate contact that I've been in touch with for a long time walks in and he's like, I know. And I'm like, oh hey. 
I didn't think anyone would be around. <laughs> but I, I knew after that moment that if you're going to go outside in New York City and not be buttoned the f up, you got something else coming for you. Because you never know. You never know. And you know, I tried this out. I was in this Memorial Day weekend. I got a massage again. And the crazy thing is, is I made it all the way to get a massage. Come all the way back. I guess I like to get massages on Memorial Day weekend. And I was walking back to my apartment. On the block of my apartment is a friend that I know. And I, I was walking back and I was literally saying, I can't believe that I didn't see anybody and, I, and I'm getting away with dressing like this. And then somebody came out of the blue and I told my girl, that, uh, my girl and I said, it's alarming because I was just thinking about this and it proves the fact that if you leave your apartment, you should be buttoned up if you want to get after it. Because you never know who you're going to meet. You can meet that guy who you've been trying to get in touch with in an elevator, on a subway, on a subway platform, walking the, down the street. You just don't know. So why put yourself in that situation? So yeah, first impressions are important. And I always leave the, the apartment looking like I'm going to go meet somebody because you never know. That's it. You got to go. You got to, you got to be buttoned up, man. You got to make sure you're, you're clean shaven. Look, there's times where I don't shave, you know, but I know I'm going directly to the office. I'm still presentable, but you know, for the most part, 98% of the time I'm, I'm dialed in. I'm, I'm looking as sharp as I possibly can. So always look clean. And this cause I, I, I'm going to say that this, like if you're going to a social party where we, you know, you've had me too last yeah. which is amazing by the way. <laughs> Maybe I'll try to clip in a But um you would just want to look clean. It doesn't necessarily always have to be a suit and tie or what are your thoughts on that? Not necessarily. You know, yeah. a lot of times, you know, I live in New York City, so I like to wear black. You know, black shoes, black pants, black shirt. That's it, you know, but it's clean. You know, my, I'm, I'm, I'm fresh, I got the clean shave up here. My beard is trimmed. I get a haircut every two weeks. Um, I, I trim my beard every day. Um, you know, I, I'm really into the big personal, you know, you gotta look good, right? Yeah. So my girl thinks I'm a little crazy. She's like, you're spending a little too much time in front of the mirror. And I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, it's for a point. It's for a reason. I gotta look good because you never know who you're gonna meet. That's me personally, right? You know, if you have a job or you start a company, you know, it might be a little bit different. But at the end of the day, first impressions, in my opinion, mean a lot. And you should always put your best foot forward because you never know. Yeah, and you, you, you feel good when you when you Absolutely, it, right? Absolutely. And, you, and that comes off when you interact with people. Sure. 100%. <laughs> um, let's maybe start getting, like maybe wrapping it up a little bit. What yeah. is the number one book you recommend? Number one book. Mm -hmm. Oh man, dude, there's so many books. There are so many books. I, I would say one of the uh, one of the best books that I read a long time ago that put me on the path of permanent education or self education um, was a book. By, there's a couple books by Robert Greene. Mm -hmm. He's the author. The Art of Seduction, Forty Eight Laws of Power, um, and Mastery. Those are those are three long books. But if you get a moment to check those out, they'll really change your life because it really helps you understand social dynamics and human behavior from a very um, visceral level. And 
they're extremely powerful because they give you distinct case studies into specific human behaviors and how to deal with them. And that was kind of a, a, a foundation for me in how I um, learned sales. Have you read the recent book you came out with? The uh, Human Nature? Uh, I listened to, talk about audiobooks. I actually started listening to that audiobooks. But the guy was a little weird, so I didn't listen to it too much. But I, I want to read it. I love Robert Greene. He's, okay. he's a great author. Okay. Um, number one thing you've learned last year? Focus. Focus. Uh, focus. Yeah. Focus. Focus, focus. I've always learned, uh, I've always been able to focus. Uh, last year, I think I got a little little distracted uh, with some social things and um, various different opportunities. I'm somebody who says yes to everything. So it's hard for me to, to kind of temper that. Um, so I lost a little bit of focus last year. So if I'm going to say what was the key takeaway from last year, it's that, and this is what one of my mentors always says, focus equals growth. So if you focus on something very specifically for a long period of time, you will grow. And I did that in a lot of different ways. I grew, you know, I started teaching, I, I hired agents that were working underneath me, I, I took on more projects, I had listings, I started another company, I, I did the marketing for that. All that stuff, it was great and I learned so much, but I spread myself a little too thin. Um, so if I'm doing anything differently this year, it's focusing specifically on my craft, which is real estate. I mean, I'm having a fantastic year. So, um, if there's anybody who might be a little bit confused, it's don't really focus too much on doing a million different things. Do the five things that you're probably the best at and then focus and drill down on those and hammer them and do not stop. Okay. Um, I think that's good. One thing that major thing that I probably learned last year was... Similar, the, the, the concept of finishing what you start mm. and not, not quitting, not getting distracted and just keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's like the biggest thing that I've learned. That you learned is finishing what you started. Yes. <laughs> Why did you, where did that come from? Was well, there a specific moment or? Well, even, even this. Like this was supposed to happen a while ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and... And things happen, like one of my best friends passed away. That kind of really shifted gears and, and that kind of like rattled me a bit. Like, but yeah. But you know, you just gotta keep it, you gotta get back on track and keep it moving forward. I would like to say, um, one of my good friends, his name is Aaron Seawood. And Aaron says, done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. I think a lot of what we do and a lot of what I personally do is I didn't do as much as I should have last year because I was trying to be perfect. But nobody's really perfect. And I don't, I'm not Fox. I'm not, you know, Netflix. I'm not coming out with the perfect thing. I'm coming out with what I can come out with and I'm going to come out strong with it. And if you don't like it, cool. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm, I know what I want to do and I'm going to do it. So um, don't worry about, you know, I know you're talking about just being, you know, done and, and kind of finishing what you started. But don't be afraid to just be done and not have it be 100% perfect. I think that's something that I learned the hard way. Um, and it, it paralyzed me for a long time. But now I'm just saying, screw it, man. I'm going after it. And done is better than perfect and I'm just going to keep it moving. Produce that content. Mm -hmm. Keep it moving. Yeah, okay. Um, I agree.
uh, any updates, uh, where to follow, even though I'm going to like tag all your social Yeah, media. no, no problem. So you can find me at Nile, N-I-L-E, just like the river, at Nile Lundgren. So you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube. I have a vlog, so you can come check that out. Obviously, Instagram. Um, check it out. DM me. Subscribe to Joel's podcast below. And we hope to see you soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, man. Really appreciate it. No doubt. Thank you for being on. Yeah, you're a good friend. I appreciate it. Man. Yes. Thank you. Thank All you. Right. All right. That was it. That's a wrap. What you doing? Moving the plant, bro. You need a new plant. I gotta do what I gotta do, alright?